0: This is Mick, and you're listening to the Trip Radio Podcast. I'm on the line with Rich Jones and Montana Max. We're talking about their new album.
1: You sleep first, we'll take shifts. And if we drift into dreams, no one comes to catch us unaware. They
0: just released a collaborative effort called How Do You Sleep at Night?
1: I lived a few summers scared, none with such subterfuge, Never thought that I'd lose, but no one comes of mind.
0: Tell me about the inspirations for that album.
1: The roots of this are kind of from the beginning of quarantine when, when we were first starting to hunker down. Max had sent me a, a treasure trove of different files and, and instrumentals to go through for an instrumental project that he was working on, which is uh, now out, Arrivals and Departures. It's hot. In the process of going through all of the instrumentals, I started kind of picking ones here and there that I thought might work for myself and then initially starting to dabble with recording myself and then at a certain point it just clicked that it made sense to do a, a complete project so you got you would
0: start out with the with the lyrics some of the beats and then pass things over to max for post-production i'm guessing that max also contributed to the beats as well like how, how did this collaboration kind of break down
2: so i i produced all the tracks in the album and then Mixed them and mastered them to the best of my ability. Like Rich was saying before, I started in a funny way. Uh, I sent him basically like 2,000 beats to go through uh, while I was working on my own project. Oh my God, um, 2,000? Yeah, that was, that was a lot. maybe more actually. <laughs> uh, but like it, it took, I believe, a full day to Google Drive all the stuff I sent him throughout that process of him helping me with my project you know he's just you know earmarking different beats that he doesn't think works for me but they work for him and uh, that ended up you know sparking this whole thing I, I like to think that all like albums EPs, LPS, whatever it is, it always starts with one track you hear one song you record that song and then somehow that song begats another song uh, and by the end of it you know you're, the last song you made is probably the best song you did but it all started from that one particular track
1: well, the first one was clicks on my phone which is the the opener to the project so that, that one that one was me dipping my my toes into the let's make records from home pool I think the the first first song was the not for a thing record which is, is on the situation Chicago comps that was like the first babies you know let's let's work from home but then that's obviously something that was going to be on the compilation so I figured okay let's let's keep that on that and then I'll make a whole another set of things so yeah with with clicks on my phone it was kind of the the champagne bottle to the the bow of the ship so to speak that, that kicked it off are you on the fire water or the ayahuasca are you feeling short of breath or should I call the doctor just want to do you proper just want to do you proper
0: Yeah, now, Rich, that's it's kind of sneaky of you to be handed all these beats and be like, hmm, I like some of these ideas. You know, oh, I think this might work for me. Did you expect to work with Max at some point on a collaborative album? Or
1: Well, yeah, we've, we've known each other for almost 20 years. We've worked on several collaborative projects together. It had just been a few years since we'd hunkered down to do, like, a, a full thing between the two of us. I, I'm really excited about it just because I think you know he obviously brought his A game with with the sounds and i think for the first time as as a an adult you know recording artist i i can say i think i i brought my uh, my A game as well
0: where does the title come from
1: i just found myself yelling that at the tv a lot Wow, Or the radio or or just, I just, you know, all these terrible things are happening. And I just feel like people are being so disingenuous and dishonest about, you know, what the responses have been and who's at fault. And it's just at a certain point, it's just like your bald face lying to me and you sleep soundly at night. How do you sleep at night? So it just sort of fits the mood of the time.
2: I think an interesting like piece of it, too, to some degree is like during shelter in place, we're not hanging out with our friends anymore. Yeah. Uh and uh the times that we were able to hang out and meet up were actually at protests and like different rallies throughout the city. So it's like you want to be social, but like even just hanging out with your friend is political. So I I, I think that is why the music kind of took that tone too, right? Because even when we're having fun, there's this constant specter of politics.
0: Something that is in the liner notes is um, sort of a concerted effort to resist playlists, uh, the algorithms of platforms like Spotify, and um, sort of a hype-driven cycle that usually surrounds an album release. Uh, would you mind sort of digging into that and how how you're attempting to resist those forces with the release of your new album?
1: You know, I know so much of the music discovery is algorithmic at this point, you know it's like you're on you're on the fresh finds playlist or these bigger things that can can break your your stuff, you know, and that and yes, that can generate a ton of plays. And and then, you know, depending on the platform, maybe some money. But I think with this album, in particular, I just think both of us had such a high level of intentionality in how we crafted it and how we, we sculpted it that at a certain point, it's like, I didn't want somebody to just hear a song on a playlist, and all of a sudden, they're transported to the world, necessarily, I would rather they are able to interact with the work as a whole which I know, given attention spans these days can be a kind of a daunting ask. But I do think that there are music listeners out there that do listen to things like that, you know, especially with the recent comments of, of Spotify CEO was about artists and the timing of their projects that you can't wait, you just have to keep releasing stuff. And I just think, man, you're, you're treating us like ones and zeros, you know, they're also pocketing tons of cash. And for us to see you know, even like a little bit of some decent dough, you just have to do stupid numbers. These platforms aren't prioritizing the listening experience or, you know, even a compensation model that I think is respectful of of people's energy and time. So let's just put it to people. Let's put it to our friends and family and fans Um, people that want to make an active choice in what they buy and what they support. I think, you know, I I look at the play count on Bandcamp and it's like, you know, it's respectable. But guess what? The financial number that comes along with that for pre-sale orders or single purchases, literally, it's like multiple years of Spotify payouts in like two weeks. Right there, it's just like, okay, this was the right bet. Not that you know, those platforms aren't helpful or shouldn't be used necessarily. But, man, if you're trying to make money off of what you're doing and, and get genuine support from people, I think this is a way healthier way to do it.
0: Because Bandcamp's not treating you
1: like an employee. Yeah. I mean, I also like to be
2: closer to the, the fans. Uh, I love the guy loves the fans. <laughs> I, I love the fans. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like... Uh, just the other day, I'm working on another project currently, and somebody who reached out to me when they bought my recent release, which is an instrumental album, Arrivals and Departures, somebody reached out to me. I reached back, and he's like, Hey, man, if you ever like, Putting on any new stuff like I'd love to hear it I'm like absolutely I'm, I'm all about interacting and creating meaningful relationships and ensuring that uh, I'm, I'm providing value to them uh, because they're definitely providing value for me with something like Spotify yeah you may you may even do a ton of numbers but like how meaningful are those relationships? And especially coming out of COVID, uh, whenever that happens. We definitely want to celebrate with people when we have the ability to do that by uh, reinforcing those relationships and cultivating those relationships. We can invite somebody to come somewhere and celebrate with us for, you know, maybe a belated album release a year from now.
0: Something that I've been curious about is how is the pandemic changing the music scene here in Chicago? Because things are changing um, and may never go back to the way that they were. How from your vantage point, has the hip-hop scene in Chicago changed?
1: It's hard to say just because it's already been going through a bunch of, like, a sea change of kind of the changing of the guard anyway, I feel like. Um, Definitely. And
2: we're in progress with a lot of that stuff, too, so we don't know.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like, what the net result's going to be. I think a deciding factor of the future is really just what venues exist on the other side of this, you know, Chicago versus I think a lot of places I visited, I mean, we have a robust independent venue scene, we have a lot of different places that will let you do hip hop shows, it's not as much of a Oh, we don't like this genre. We don't work with it. Sort of thing is like some cities. Like I know, like Portland. I've heard over the years, like they'll just shut down rap concerts. It's like very much a, a hot button thing where just to have a rap show is like controversial sometimes. And it's it's wild to think about that, just because that hasn't been uh, my experience here in Chicago for the most part.
2: I think one of the major changes is going to be like content
1: even on like fun
2: songs so a great example of that would be the last two songs on the record give it back and uh, locals only if you listen to both those songs those are the type of beats that you'd hear totally different content on normally in any other circumstance but i think the artist's feel a lot more responsibility, even while having fun, to like make sure that their music is is intentional and purposeful. Uh, and I think that you get that on those last two songs.
1: Uh, I ain't scared of ya, COVID ain't no barrier. I throw a mask and throw these hands, you just get so embarrassing. Cricket comes the camera the barrel what we staring at. But I'll reverse it, put in work and burn it all to raise again. In terms of the the hip hop scene and community here locally, I think how we wanted to craft this record, I think, you know, a big thing for me now that obviously shows aren't aren't a possible thing, I wanted to include in this experience other artists from Chicago or Chicago related that could you know make it so it's not just me on there. You know, from a collaborative standpoint, I think I'm proudest of this project just because we were able to get a really wide spectrum of, of MCs and vocalists involved that I think really showcases the depth of talent that comes from here especially when you've got just a lot of people that have been both you know newer artists like Davis, the Dorchester Bully, or, you know, Matt Muse in the mix, and then, you know, to have established people that I was looking up to going to shows like Psalm 1 or Sketch 185, you know, and then having peers like Michael DeVille or Def C, Javon Landry, Am Early Morning, and Black. I was really happy that we were able to just hit a bunch of different pockets of the time spectrum of artists. I think in a lot of ways, Max and I are, are sort of the midpoint between the old guard underground scenes here or at least from the early thousands at least so you know, to be able to hopefully bring those worlds together, I think was was really special, especially because being that we aren't an industry town in the same way as in New York or in L.A., I don't think our legends get the same uh, attention or pedestaling as, as you might get in a New York or, or Los Angeles, you know, the way that they might talk about their artists. So I think it's it's important to try to find ways to let younger generations know about who came before them and, you know, hopefully create a situation of mutual respect. <laughs>
0: Wow. I think that's actually a pretty good place to end. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Rich and Max, about your new album and about what you see as sort of the future for the Chicago music scene or what you hope to see. Again, this has been Nick with the Chirp Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. Uh-huh.
1: This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org/podcast.